All right, good morning, everybody. Once again, thankful for the opportunity to get to preach. Pastor approached me last week and asked if I'd be willing to preach for him this week as their family just had another baby, so I was more than happy to step in and help out there. Uh, if you could all turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 13. If you're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 13 today. Personally, I love looking at the Old Testament and seeing what we can glean there from people's examples and situations they went through. Uh, lots of times we can overlook the Old Testament and be like, eh, nothing really useful in there that happened a long, long time ago. Most of that stuff's not relevant to us today. But as we look through this story today, I'm uh, hoping that what God has shown me through my study here will be useful and help you to you as well. In uh, 1 Samuel 13, let's start in verse number 5. And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and pitched in Michmash, eastward from Beth Haven. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed, then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead, as for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering, the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash, therefore said I, The Philistines will come down upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee, for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man that is after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be able to bring your word to the church. Lord, please help your word to be edifying and to be used today, Lord, not because of me, but because your word is quick and powerful and alive, and Lord, you gave us these stories and these situations for a reason. Lord, they're more than stories. They're historical accounts. Lord, these are things that actually happened that you recorded for us to be able to learn from. Lord, please help us today as we look at this passage, Lord, to be able to take a truth home and to think about it during the week. And Lord, once again, thank you for this time and thank you for this church. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we look today, the title of my sermon is, But God, I Just... Isn't it so easy in our daily lives to make excuses? Such an easy thing. Uh, I recently started working out with a men's group here in St. Thomas, and uh, we have a WhatsApp group, and we encourage each other to read our Bibles and to uh, physically challenge ourselves. And man, it is so easy to make excuses not to work out or not to do something. And it's crazy how easy it is to make excuses. We think about stuff in our daily lives, you know, we try and avoid responsibilities that we have or something that we have going on, and we make an excuse. And it sounds really good to us, but 
when we try and translate that into our spiritual lives and we start making excuses to God, the all-powerful God of the universe, the one who loves us and cares for us, and he asks us to do something, we start making excuses, they start sounding not as good. But it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do, and it comes so naturally that sometimes it's just our first response to something that we don't want to do. We'll make an excuse as to why we can't do it. Making excuses isn't a good practice, and it's especially dangerous when we start doing it in our spiritual lives. This morning, we should be able to identify with Saul as he makes excuses to Samuel. Saul doesn't want to take responsibility for his actions, so he blames everything else in an attempt to justify his actions. Here's a great quote that perfectly embodies Saul in this passage in ourselves sometimes. Rationalization is a process of not perceiving reality, but of attempting to make reality fit one's emotions. Let's take a look today and see the situation Saul is in and separate the emotions from the facts of the situation. So first we look at, he looked around at everything around him and not to God. Verse number eight. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed, but Samuel came not to Gilgal, and we'll focus on this last part here, and the people were scattered from him. Saul was putting his trust on the outcome of the situation based on who was around him and what everyone else was doing. He doesn't take a second to stop and pray and ask God for wisdom. He's looking all around him. Uh, In the verses before, we can see that the people were scattered, hiding in thickets and bushes, and everyone was afraid. And again, when you're not trusting in God, it's very easy to be afraid. If we look at verse number 5 here, And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And again, he had a reason to be afraid. It's not like his fears were unfounded. But he didn't turn to the one who could take care of those fears, who could take care of that battle for him. He looked instead at everyone else around him. Everyone else was afraid. Everyone else was leaving. We look at verse number eight. They were leaving Saul by himself. So he made excuses and justified it in his mind. Ah, everybody's leaving. I got to keep everyone together. But he didn't stop and think, let me pray and ask God what I should do in this situation. How often do we do that? We're so focused on the hustle and bustle of life that when God asks us to do something, we're not focused on the thing that God wants us to do, but on everyone else around. We kind of see how other people react to the situation, and we see, uh, you know, they kind of ran away from the situation. Maybe I should too. But do we ever stop and think, why does God have me in this situation in the first place? Why am I here to do this? Why does God have me going through this? Or are we just so focused on everyone else around us and their reactions that it doesn't matter what God says? You know, God called us to do something, but then our family goes, are you sure you want to do that? Like, it's a little scary. Like, are you sure you want to go do that? I don't know if you should. Do we take that at face value or do we stop and pray and ask God? Are we too focused on other things in life? So at the end of the day, it didn't matter what the people did. God had commanded Saul to wait for Samuel, and that was that. doesn't matter what everybody else did. It could have been Saul just by himself, and God, would have, God still had a victory plan for him, and God would have worked something out for Saul. He just needed to wait. And at the end of the day, we still need to follow God's commandments. No matter what other people say, 
no matter what other people do, God gave a specific commandment for Saul to wait, and he did not listen, and he justified it. No ifs, ands, or buts. When God gives us a command to follow, he expects us to follow it to the letter, no matter of the actions of those around us. The reaction of others never excuses us from following God's will. Just because someone else acts a certain way or reacts a certain way does not mean we get to react in the same way. God has called us for a specific reason. God has called you for a specific purpose, me for a specific purpose. And if we are making excuses and letting other things get in the way, we're not allowing God to work and fulfill his purpose in us that he wants. But we see not only did he look at the people around him and their reactions, we can see that he looked to his own timing and not God's. We look again at verse number 8 for that. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed, but Samuel came not to Gilgal. Here we see something that plagues many Christians today and something that I've personally struggled with, and it's trusting completely in uh, God's timing. Saul had waited the seven days appointed by Samuel, and he wasn't there, or at least from what we could tell, not as soon as Saul thought he should have been there on the seventh day. Now, we see that God told him to wait seven days, and he never said how long into that seven days he was supposed to wait. God didn't say, at noon, Samuel will show up. God said, on the seventh day. And we can see that the Bible here says that as soon as he was done making a burnt offering, it came to pass as soon as he had made an end of the burnt offering in verse number 10, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him. So we can see that it was still on that seventh day when Samuel showed up. God didn't say in the next day Samuel showed up. It was literally as soon as he made that offering. So Samuel was just right around the corner. Samuel was right there. And if he had just waited a little longer, Samuel would have been there. But it wasn't according to Saul's timing. It wasn't when Saul thought Samuel should have been there. Saul started to worry because the people were running away. He was focusing on what other people were doing. It didn't line up with his timing because he thought Samuel should have been there already. But we can see it was still in the perfect timing of God. The, God. the Bible makes no indication that the seventh day had passed, but Saul was determined to do things in his way and his timing. Honoring God was not on the top of Saul's list. If he had been worried about honoring God, we would have seen that he wouldn't have been worried about what other people were doing. He wouldn't have been worried about what time on the seventh day that Samuel was going to show up. If he really wanted to honor God, he would have waited no matter what. But we can see that Saul put his priorities of keeping the people together and showing his authority and being the leader, he put himself on top of God and what God wanted and did things according to his timing and how he wanted to do them. If Saul had viewed the waiting period as a learning time of waiting on the Lord rather than trying to rush to get to his own ends, At the end of the day, no matter how long Samuel took, it still wasn't Saul's place to make the sacrifice. He took upon himself something that was never meant for him, and it brought unforeseen circumstances. We can see there in verse number 13, And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he hath commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. If he had just waited, God had a perfect plan for him, had everything set up that would have been perfect for Saul, he was going to establish his kingdom forever. But Saul decided to do things his own way. He decided to look at the people around him and make his decision based on them. 
he decided that he had waited long enough. If God really wanted Samuel there, he would have been there, so I'm going to just do it. He took upon him something that wasn't meant for him to do. He took God's plan for someone else and made it his and did it himself, which was not God's plan for him. He was not meant to make that sacrifice. That was Samuel's sacrifice to make. Like I said, Samuel was just on the other side of the hill. If he came right at the end of the sacrifice, he was right there ready to help Saul. But he just was not willing to wait. If he had just prayed like we talked about in the first section, if he had just prayed to God, no doubt that the Lord would have told him, hold on, just wait. Wait on me. I will take care of you. You just need to wait. But again, Saul took it upon himself. He looked at everything around him. He looked at the situation, and he made a call based on man's understanding, on his own understanding, not turning to God, and it cost him the kingdom. But we see not only did he look at those around him and not to God, not only did he look at his own timing and not God's timing, but he also looked at his enemy and not his savior. Saul very reasonably was afraid for his life. If we look at verse number five there again, we can see that the odds were definitely stacked against him. And from an earthly standpoint, there is nothing he could have done himself. The victory wasn't coming from Saul, though, or the Israelites, or some secret battle plan that they had in place that they were going to enact when the Philistines came up. The victory was coming from God. Saul should have been content in knowing that God would take care of him, but he was too busy thinking of how many enemies he had to face, how many people were there against him. When everything seems to be crashing down around, just remember God has a perfect plan and better plans for you than you could ever have for yourself. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God is with us every step of the way, even though we don't see him. The entire time Samuel was making his way to Saul and was going to be there to help him, he had the same pressure that Saul did, yet trusted God fully. Samuel was the one bringing the message who had to make the sacrifice. Samuel saw the same things that Saul saw. He saw the people scared and scattered, no doubt on his way over there. He knew the battle that they were going to face against the Philistines. Samuel wasn't completely oblivious to the situation going on, but the difference was Samuel trusted God and Saul did not. Samuel knew that God was going to take care of it and knew that God had a plan, and Saul didn't care because he wanted it done his way. Saul was so focused on his own, thinking that he had done such a great thing that he even went up to salute Samuel when he showed up. As if, hey, Samuel, don't, don't even worry about it. I took care of it already. I got it. Thank you for coming, but, you know, I, if I would have known it was this easy, I would have just done it myself earlier. But he made excuses. As soon as he was confronted with what he had done wrong, he just had to make an excuse. Verse number 11, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed. Yeah, the people were scattering from him. That's true. Thou camest not within the days appointed. That was a lie based on his own perspective. That was just what he thought. He felt like Samuel wasn't there when he was supposed to be, but that was just untrue. And that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. Yes, that's true. Again, Saul's fears were based on truth, most of them with being surrounded by people and the people scattering from him. That part was true. 
But that's not the whole story. He never took a second to trust in God, to wait on God. And you can see how naturally the excuses came. Like as soon as Samuel asked him what he had done, right away he had an answer. He was like, well, this is why I did it. How often do we do that in our lives when we're confronted with something we've done wrong, when we've done something outside of God's will and someone comes up to us and says, hey, you know, I noticed that you've been doing this. Like, hey, what's going on? We're instantly defensive. Well, uh, I didn't show up to church because my big toe hurt and I needed to lay in bed and I just couldn't go to church today. Again, not downplaying some things. I know that sometimes we can't come to church every Sunday. We have different situations that pop up. But we know when we're making an excuse. We know when something's an excuse and when it's a valid reason for why we can't do something. And I know that Saul here knows that he was just making excuses. He knew, he knew he had done something wrong because he tried to defend himself immediately. He had an answer right away. He had probably planned on what he was going to tell Samuel when he showed up. Probably proudly, because we saw that he went up to salute Samuel, so he was proud of his excuses. He was like, I definitely made the right call. But Samuel let him know, you did not make the right call in this situation. The problems Saul was facing were real and they were prevalent. Not only that, but Saul showed no repentance for his actions. He was unable to acknowledge his sin. And that's happened so many times in our lives. What a dangerous place to be in. Are we the same today? Don't worry, God. I had my own plan, so I went ahead and did those. Is God bringing excuses to your mind today that you need to repent of? So how about it today? What excuses are we giving God? Are we allowing our emotions to cloud our judgment? Rationalizing sin to fit our narrative rather than allowing God to lead us? I hope today was an opportunity for you to take a step back and look at your life and not make the same mistakes or excuses that Saul did. Take a moment to think about, look at your life today and think, Lord, what am I making excuses about? What have you called me to do? What do you want me to do that I've made excuses about? That I know they're excuses. I know you've called me to do this and I know I need to do this. But Lord, I'm making excuses right now. I hope you can think about that this week. You know, not just things that are going on now, but even plan for the future. Use this as a plan for the future that, Lord, when you ask me to do something, I'm not going to make excuses. Lord, please help me not to make excuses. Instead of finding ways to rationalize what I want to do, Lord, please teach me patience and allow me to wait on you so that I can see what you want me to do rather than making up my own ways of doing things. Thank you all for listening so carefully today. And uh, once again, thank you for coming to our afternoon service.